0: Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast, brought to you from our local church in the beautiful city of York in the UK. The message you're about to hear is from one of our services, which also feature great live music and relevant movie clips. These can all be found on our blog, so to make sure you're getting the full experience, feel free to head over to qyork.co.uk and select blog to find the relevant content. There's also a huge selection of talks and live music videos on our media page, as well as a donate button if you'd like to show your appreciation and enable us to keep producing free content like this. Finally, to stay up to date on new blogs and events at Q, you can sign up for emails by filling in your name and email address at the bottom of any page on the website. But right now, it's time for the message.
1: so I want to talk to you this morning about the danger of isms. Just forget, forget for a moment any political affiliations you may have latched onto in the video and focus on the message itself, which is the danger of isms. <clears throat> a danger of which we are all probably not as aware as we should be and to which we're all vulnerable We may start with a pure draw to a simple name like environment, an ist, socialist, or an itty, Christianity, but too often finish up bound in an ism. Why does this happen? Well, I refer to something I've said to you before. It happens because, and this is so very true of humanity, in almost all circumstances, Our need for certainty overshadows our quest for truth because we prefer security over honesty because we love matter and things we can see and touch and experience more than spirit which stops us thinking what is the spirit of this thing? What is the spirit behind this thing? Because we commit to tribe over truth because we would rather have belief than faith which places demands on us because there are no conclusions that can be established that cannot be changed about which we must put our faith and expectation into. See, isms help us define. We love an ism. Oh, we just absolutely love an ism because it helps us define. But you see, the problem is once you define, you confine. So everywhere there is an ism, there is a confinement that goes along with the ism that means that whatever the ism was created to support stops the thing becoming what it originally was meant to be. See, the Christ revelation is bigger, more, beyond all spirit you cannot confine it by defining it now to many the bible may seem like a very old book that's out of touch with the realities of today's world but i would argue the opposite The proponents of biblical literalism, that's those who say the Bible should be taken literally, I do not agree with, I think, biblical literalism, as Bishop Spong said, is the curse of modern-day evangelicalism. The proponents of biblical literalism are those who do not read it allegorically, metaphorically or poetically, but try to make it, in spite of the fact that it is culturally different in so many areas and goes over thousands of years, try to make the actual wording, the literal meaning of what is happening, rather than saying there is within what is happening and the stories we are being told, wonderful meaning beyond and within that is greater than just seeing it literally. and These proponents of biblical literalism have not helped in this matter, but that should not deflect us from the value of the book. I believe in the value of the book. Let me give you an example in line with today's talk. It expresses in the cultural language of the time a principle that every behavioural psychologist of the present understands. And in biblical terms, it's called the yeast principle. And in Matthew 16, verse six, here's what it says. Be careful, Jesus said to them, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, he's drawing attention there to religious legalism, organizationalism. The Sadducees were really representative of the aristocratic perspective of view of life in Israel. But the point he was making was about the yeast. It happened to mention the Pharisees and the Sadducees and their influence, but his point was to be on your guard against the yeast. He was using a familiar ingredient and process to convey a principle. That principle was the principle of yeast or leaven. Anybody who makes bread will understand this principle. Or if you make beer, even better. (laughs) See, anything yeast-like in nature can and will corrupt, infect, and spread, and will affect according to the nature of the yeast. So according to the nature of the yeast will be the corruption, the infection, the spread. Now what's interesting is Jesus used that as a, a different metaphor in another statement when he said, he told them still another parable, Matthew 13, 33, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked through the whole dough. So he's using the same metaphor to say, if you get a little bit of this yeast of the true kingdom of God into a situation, it will spread through the whole thing. You don't have to make it spread. It will, by the very nature of what it is, spread if you can get it in there. But then the Apostle Paul took another perspective on this very same principle. When he wrote 1 Corinthians 5, verse 6, don't you know that a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough? This is true. Get rid of the old yeast, Paul says, that you may be a new batch without yeast. Now he's changed the dialogue. And he puts on there that you may be a new batch without yeast as you really are. Or in other words, we really are yeastless people and are supposed to be yeastless people, not corrupted or infected by isms because we're yeastless people. He says, and this uses illustration of of every Jew would understand, for Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed therefore let us keep the festival, because now they would understand, in the Jewish festival of Passover, they were told to purge out the leaven from the bread, and so you had unleavened bread in the Jewish feast of Passover, bread without yeast, that now had none of that corruptive thing in there that would stop it being what it was supposed to be from the flour. And so it says, for Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed, therefore let us keep the festival, not with the all yeast, the yeast of malice and wickedness, that comes from the isms, but with or as, because we are bread, bread without yeast, the bread of sincerity and truth, suggesting the removal of the yeast and the restoration of who we really are is the pathway to sincerity and truth, not the idealism we so often pursue. So what of Christianity? Christianity. What would Christ think of the religion that now bears his name? You see, Christianity, Christian Christianity is not an ism. Itty, which means state, character, or condition of being, or I like this one better, the state of being something. But you see, once you change the itty, To an ism, it becomes the state of believing something. Christianity is not based on believing something. It's based on being something from a revelation. An, An itty, the state of being something, not believing something. The itty gradually drifted into isms. And right there is the root of much of our world's problems. Here's the definition of ism. A distinctive doctrine. Oh boy. Causal theory. An oppressive and especially discriminatory attitude or belief. And isn't that what isms become? An abnormal state. An ism is an abnormal state or condition resulting from excess of a specified thing, from religion to politics to addiction. Alcoholism is an abnormal state resulting from an excess of a thing. Brilliant. And then the last one, adherence to a system. Ism is about adherence to a system. Christianity is not by what it was designed to be, a system to be adhered to. It is something to be followed. Once the itty becomes an ism, it distorts the original message into a distinctive doctrine, a discriminatory attitude, an abnormal state of excess, and adherence to a system. Whenever and wherever there is an ism, I guarantee you there has crept in a distortion of the original message and purpose. Beware of isms. I firmly believe that Jesus intended through his words and his life, what he intended through his words and his life was the creation of an itty, not the development of an ism. The sad thing is the Spanish Inquisition really happened. It happened under as dubious a cause as as was on there. And we had the misinformation leading the show. Uh, The sad thing would be for me, if you can't look at that and take it away from what it's talking about, the Catholic Church, and superimpose it into our life and situation right now. Convert or Die. What a title. See, isms are everywhere. and they demand that we convert or die in one form or another. Let me illustrate a few. Catholicism, Anglicanism, Calvinism, Armenianism, Evangelicalism, Methodism, Pentecostalism, Mormonism, and beyond this, Judaism, Hinduism, Sikhism, Buddhism, Taoism, Atheism, Agnosticism, Hedonism, and that drifts us into something that affects every category. Fundamentalism. This extends beyond what we would consider religious pursuits into things like vegetarianism, veganism, and into politics, conservatism, socialism, liberalism, communism, Marxism, Capitalism, Thatcherism, Corbynism, Unionism, Globalism, Activism, Ageism, Feminism, Environmentalism, Sexism, Racism, and Philosophy, Stoicism, Platonism, Dualism, Fatalism, Individualism, Materialism, Realism, and Behaviour, Conformism, Objectionism, vandalism, barbarianism, and language, colloquialism, and knowledge, plagiarism, and art, impressionism, and addictions, alcoholism. That's not an exhaustive list, it's just to show you the isms are everywhere. I don't know if you know it, you probably don't, but you will after today, ism, was the gallery word of the year in 2015. So has Christianity been distilled into a mere compilation of developed isms? If there's one thing I've learned about isms, it's that every ism creates a schism. Every ism creates a schism. You know what a schism is? It's a tear, it's a divide, It's a wound, and no matter how right you believe your course to be, every ism creates a schism. We've witnessed many things we never imagined we would face this past almost two years. Within that time, I've witnessed areas of significant drift. One of those areas of concern to me is that I believe we are witnessing the emergence of a new ism. I believe we are seeing the move from science to scientism, which, like every other ism, divides, segregates, and incites persecution and violence. Because we now no longer have questioners, we have unbelievers. We now no longer have companions in a quest, we have enemies to a conclusion. We now no longer have difference of opinion, we have heretics. And it's of great concern to me. That's why we thought this video, making uncomfortable fun of the Spanish Inquisition, is very appropriate viewing for now. And this is not new. There are over 4,200 religions in the world, of which Christianity alone has more than 30,000 denominations or separately defined groups. And thousands more movements exist, each of which carries its own set of prerequisite rules, limits and prejudices. Even the very best of these, including Christianity and the church, carry dark secrets and tendencies, each of which adds barriers to the freedom, obstacles to our understanding, and deterrence to the excavation of self. That's a phenomenal statement. The excavation of self of self, to find the gold, to find the diamond, to find the real, to find the true. These things don't help that, they become deterrent to that. See, groupthink might feel good, and it does, we all know it does, but it ultimately becomes nothing short of an organized and systematic deflector of truth. The worst thing that has happened in the COVID crisis has been groupthink because although it feels good, it becomes an organised and systematic deflector of truth, confusing our ability to evaluate that which we should be looking at more intensely. Meanwhile, we love to submit to the group minds model. They or it gives us packaged beliefs and identities. And you know that from the stickers you'll see removing the burden of thinking and feeling for ourselves, and discourages us from putting relevant effort into learning and deepening. We love yielding to collectives because it gives us the excuse to pause our pursuits of awareness and knowledge. Group mind takes the pressure off, relieving us of our responsibilities, It tells us what we're supposed to think without ever encouraging us to think ourselves. To be bread without yeast. To be a person of itty, not a person of isms. Every person with an ism owns a dogma and this is very topical for us as a family at the moment. We'll introduce you to Denzel at the appropriate point. Every person with an ism owns a dogma. Every ism should be made to carry a warning. Beware of the dogma. When a belief comes an ism, it generally becomes part of your identity and you become inseparable from it. Isms develop as a way to separate people into distinct tribes, and that is not the Christ way. Tribal logic isn't rational. It's mob rule. Instead of trying to decide which belief system is true, or most pragmatic, people tend rather to defend their tribe against perceived threats and many things have become our tribe. And the damage is caused by expending our energy on partisan battles. I read one man's view this week who expressed there seems to be only two ways to avoid the destructive effects of isms. The first is simply to avoid declaring allegiance to any tribe. Now oh, you say, that doesn't sound right. Surely the whole issue of what you're about is to get us to, to, to declare allegiance to your tribe. Actually, no, it isn't. That's why we have grown smaller. But we've still grown because we are not preaching allegiance to our tribe. Now I want you to know something, Christianity does not preach allegiance to a tribe. Here's what a wonderful Jewish man said in his context. He said, in Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, but we are all one in Christ. What is that? but avoiding the declaring of allegiance to any tribe. It's freeing us from allegiance. And I'm freeing you from allegiance. That's why it's not quite so inviting because we don't have a groupthink mentality. But I'm trying to free you from allegiance even to this tribe because what you are in faith and toward Christ must not because of allegiance to a tribe, because that's where the damage begins to come. There is not, nor was there ever intended to be a Christ tribe. Get that into your head. If you like a better term, put that in your pipe and smoke it. There was, is not and was never intended to be a Christ tribe, just a oneness that is capable of overcoming all things in love, flowing out of a sense of being. Yes. That was the first one. The second one is to reluctantly accept isms. Or to reluctantly accept that isms exist and may be ways of divine, defining things, but we've got to reluctantly accept isms. They do exist, and there may be a way of defining things, but we must reluctantly accept isms to fiercely avoid letting them define you. You've seen it politically, socially, medically, scientifically, spiritually, religiously. The advantage of this approach is that you can have convictions, but they never become an identity-defining ism. It's easy to fall back into the tribe-defending irrationality that isms promote. Rather than moving fully into the community that is supposed to be the expression of Christianity, into which the Christ Spirit invites us and into which I invite you, not by embracing a set of beliefs, but by engaging a way of being. Lovely. I'm asking you, as we saw in the first video, And as we see in the Apostle Paul, as he implores us to throw away the isms and become people always focused on and committed to the itty, the state of which Paul called from a Jewish perspective, bread without yeast, the bread of sincerity and truth. I did not raise up this place to become a crucible for communism but to be a Christ-centred community. This can only be our reality, insincerity, and truth if we jettison our isms in favour of the itty. I pray God will help us in this noble quest for the sake of all, And to that I say a big amen.
0: Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, then we would love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us an email to info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. Don't forget there are blogs and all sorts of media to be enjoyed at qyork.co.uk, which are welcome to browse at your leisure. Until next time, enjoy the quest.